All right, welcome to uh, Foxhole Podcast number four. I am Joe DeLisi, and today I am, uh, I'm pretty pumped. I've got, um, I'll call you my friend because we've spoken a few times. I've got your number on my cell phone. You're my friend now. Yes, absolutely. Good. All right, I got uh, my friend here, uh, JP Donnell. Hopefully I said that right. Yes, you did. You're totally Italian, right? Yeah, <laughs> Irish, <laughs> yeah, Scottish. A little Irish. <laughs> um, and, uh, and for those of you who don't know who JP is, you will soon. I think, you know, JP, I think you're getting ready to blow up. I've been following you for a while. Um, and, uh, you know, the stuff that you put out on Instagram and things like that, I really think it's starting to resonate with people. Um, but for those who don't know who you are, uh, JP is a decorated former Navy SEAL, which, by the way, I got that off. Uh, Echelon Front website. Yeah, the website. Is it right to say former? I mean, I guess it would be. I would say retired. Yeah, well, I didn't do 20 years. So oh. if you do 20 plus years and then you retire. So I got, got out at just under 12 years. So former, yeah. That's, got it. That's correct. I figured they'd probably get it right on that website. But anyway, former Navy SEAL, currently a leadership instructor and speaker with Echelon Front. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about Never Settle, too, yep. uh, a little bit later. Uh, JP served for nearly a decade in the SEAL teams with three combat deployments including uh, in the violent terrorist stronghold of Al-Ramadi, Iraq, in 2006. And he served as the point man, machine gunner, which is badass, I think. Oh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Anytime you can put machine gunner on the back of your shirt. <laughs> uh, and lead sniper for Delta Platoon. Uh, JP served closely with Leif Babin and Jacko Willink in Task Unit Bruiser. Uh, Jacko and Leif wrote the leadership book Extreme Ownership, one of my personal favorites. A lot of people have probably heard me talk about it in events that they've been at with me. Uh, and today you guys deploy that wisdom and knowledge in, um, in the company Echelon Front. Yes. Uh, I came across you on the Jocko podcast. Um, uh, I remember exactly where I was. I was recovering from Achilles surgery on a treadmill in, uh, in San Diego. Uh, I think it was last December, uh, no, two, two Decembers ago. And I'm listening to the Jocko podcast and I, I hear him talk to you. And then I heard that you live kind of near where I live. And uh, that's, that's how this whole thing kind of came to be, where we yeah. reached out and, and uh, wanted to meet you. Uh, I think you're perfect for this podcast. Um, this podcast and, and this company is geared towards people who are in sales, uh, entrepreneurial-minded, um, business owners, that, that kind of uh, mentality. Uh, and from what I've seen, um, a lot of those kind of people tend to give up on themselves a little bit early. Um, they struggle with you know, things that I think that you can speak to, uh, more so than even a guy, you know, a guy like me. And so I think we're really lucky to have you. So thank you again for being here. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me out here. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy how things tend to just play out. Like I've, you know, I was on Jocko podcast, podcast, uh, episode 46, which is funny cause I carried the Mark 46. That was ah. the machine gun I carried, but we didn't plan that out. It just okay. worked out that way. Um, and since then I've been on a handful of other podcasts and every podcast that I've been on opens up the door to another friendship relationship throughout the nation. You know, like I'll run across a couple of guys or listen to me on the Jocko podcast and, um, you know, guys that live in the Memphis area like yourself, uh, worked with a couple other companies locally here in Memphis because of that podcast, um, guys down in South Haven. Uh, I met a guy in the airport who recognized me from the podcast because he watched the YouTube version of it. Of the Jocko one? Yes. Okay, cool. And I was flying back from Dallas-Fort Worth back here um, to Memphis, and he was, like, looking at me, and I'm, like, looking at him. It was more than just, like, a glance at somebody. Yeah. Like, he was, like, I could tell he was, like, kind of figuring out who I was. 
I'm like, okay, that's weird. And I'm like looking at him and he had a trooper shirt on. Like, you know, the, the, the state trooper. No, no, no. But oh. the trooper shirt from Jocko's podcast, you know, they oh, call all the oh, followers oh. the troopers. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I didn't know that. I was like, okay. Oh, okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was looking at him and he's like working on his computer. So I get out my phone and I zoom in and I take a picture of him and I post it on Twitter really quick. Well, he sees that. Right. So then he comes over. Like then he saw it. Yeah. Cause he was following me okay. on, 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 on social media. Okay. So then he comes over, introduces himself. We started talking and then I ended up getting to do a, um, uh, a keynote speech for his company really? uh, last month. So, so just, is that weird? Like, you know, being in an airport and all of a sudden some dudes like, I know you. It's, <laughs> uh, yeah, I still not comfortable yeah. with it. I don't say that in a bad way. I'm yeah. just, I, I mean, come on who I, I never, ever figured I'd ever be in the yeah. position in my life where people come up and recognize me. And it's, yeah. it's funny cause my wife gets a kick out of it. We were flying somewhere. Somebody stopped us in the airport. Like, Hey, you JP, uh, the other night I was out to dinner with my family and my in-laws and some guy across the table just kept looking at me and he really? was like, Hey, he's like, you spoke at the church, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Oh, Hey, nice to meet you. You know? So it's cool. It's, it's yeah. cool to see the doors are opening. I'm, I'm not comfortable because of my past and background in the SEAL teams yeah. and what we did and, and whatnot. But you know, I'm getting more and more comfortable sharing my story because Jocko, you know, when I first did Jocko's podcast, he told me, he's like, Hey, somebody out there needs to hear your story, mm -hmm. you know? And if you can get past it being about yourself, mm -hmm. he goes, and if you're comfortable with that, we'll have you on the podcast and we're going to blow this up, yeah. you know, we, you know, bring you on board echelon front, if that's something you want to do. And at that time I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to come on board. So I knew I had to get uncomfortable and I had to get out of my comfort zone and, and share my, my story on the Jocko podcast. And, yeah. you know, when I speak, I speak with companies all over the world now, which yeah. is crazy. You know, I've had a couple international gigs in the next couple of months. I'm going to be in Switzerland, two different times, the UK, we're looking at, you know, Brazil and some other places as well. So yeah. it's, uh, it's really cool to see how it's kind of, well, you guys, changed. I mean, your whole, uh, your whole world was quiet, professional, silent, yeah. right? And it's interesting because as a civilian, you know, I look at it and um, it, uh, it's obvious to see how you impacted the country with what you guys actually did overseas. But the thing is, uh, it hasn't stopped. I mean, the leadership, um, the practical leadership applications that you guys can bring back and teach, I, th in my opinion, a society is starved for it. I mean, you're going to have as much of an impact there as you did probably overseas in my, you know. Well, I appreciate it. And I... I agree with you mm -hmm. because I thought that before Jocko and Leif brought me on board Echelon yeah. Front. Like when I found out they wrote a book, I went and got it right away. Uh, you know, I went through SQT with the Leif, mm -hmm. uh, which is SEAL qualification training, which mm -hmm. it's the advanced training after BUDS before you check into a SEAL team. Okay. So we went through that training together. He was our class OIC, phenomenal leader, right? He's been a phenomenal leader ever since I first met him. So that was my first role experience of working with a true leader, like mm -hmm. who really looked after the men and, and took care of us. Right. Was he a, uh, um, was he like an enlisted guy? Was he from an academy or something? No, or? no. He went through the Naval Academy. Oh, he did. Okay. And he okay. was out in the regular fleet Navy and then got his package to buds and went to buds. Got it. He was one buds class ahead of myself. Okay. After buds, the officers go to some other leadership training and okay. then link up with the buds class behind them for SQT. Got it. And so, um, I mean, just phenomenal leader. Awesome. Like one of the guys, but just very effective and, um, you know, at doing his job, you yeah. know, and taking care of us. So I remember that. 
And then he went to SEAL Team 5, I went to SEAL Team 3. And then I did my first platoon, he did his first platoon over there. And then after our first platoon, Leif came over to SEAL Team 3 and mm-hmm. was the OIC, the officer in charge okay. of Charlie Platoon, which was my platoon, Delta Platoon's sister platoon. Okay. So Charlie and Delta Platoon were in the same task unit. And Jocko was our task unit commander. That's the bruiser? Yes, TU okay. bruiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that was the first thing that Jocko did when he took over leadership as our task unit commander is he changed our name because we were task unit Bravo. You know, the military is Alpha, oh. Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo. Okay. And, you know, so we were task unit Bravo. Okay. And immediately he's like, nope. Task unit bruiser <laughs> gave us a new sense of identity, yeah. a new sense of worth, and you know that yeah. we're all about training, yeah. preparing for combat, and winning the fight. Yeah. You know, and, and winning the fight in all aspects of your life. Yeah. So w- that was really cool, and um, you know, and then I, I got to know Jocko, and I'd heard about him. Ever we'd all heard about Jocko, yeah. right? This awesome leader, and yeah. he came into play, and it was truly phenomenal what he brought to the table. Which his name you is know. not Jocko at birth, right? It's No, no, it's John. <laughs> John okay, so he did the same yeah. thing for uh Task Unit Bruiser as he I guess he did for himself. He probably did. Yeah, he probably did the same thing for himself. <laughs> Bravo, John, you know, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Got it. Well, yeah. I'm glad you even said that winning in all aspects of life. Some of the things I wrote down that I wanted to make sure I tried to extract from you. Yeah. Kind of goes along those lines, but um uh I got a couple questions for you personally. Mm-hmm. Um uh, how old are you? I'm 34. 34 and married? Yep, married, three kids. Three kids. I know you got twins. Yeah, we have twin daughters. They'll okay. be six this month. Wow. And then the boy, he'll be uh, he'll be 12 in March. 12 and two sixes. Any more yeah. on the way, you think? No, that's <laughs> physically impossible. Physical, okay. <laughs> we made sure of that on her end. <laughs> got it. All right, well, that's good for you. We're at uh, four, and my wife is thinking about number five. And um, Good on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got some years on you. I'm 43. So okay, yeah. I, I mean, it. I wouldn't... I mean, Amanda knows, like, if... You know, there wouldn't have been the complications on her end. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's for her health reasons, you know, for okay. her not to have any more kids. But if she's healthy enough, um, yeah, she knows I, I want to, like, one, one or two more boys. Come on now. Yeah, I, need absolutely. My, I need my own little fire team. <laughs> well, I see. It's funny. You think of that. I think hockey team. Yeah. Right? That's, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's just the difference in background. Yeah, exactly. But my girls are will be more than well-equipped to fill that role as well. So I, I'm, I'm good either that. way. <laughs> so where did you, where are you from? Originally, I'm from Sacramento, California. Okay. So I grew up in the same house that my dad grew up in. Oh, uh, cool. I actually went to the same elementary school that he went to, same That's high school that he went nowadays. to. Actually had some of the same teachers that he had, okay. which was good and, and bad. Is you know? he a lot older than you? or? You uh, no, my parents were young. Okay. You know, my dad was uh, 20, my mom was 24 when they met, and then they were 21 and 25 when I was born. So the teachers remembered your dad well oh, enough, right? Yeah, they, yeah, they remembered him well enough to be like, Danell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you perhaps related to a Patrick Danell, and I'm like how do I answer this? Yeah. I'm like, yes, yes, I am. That's my father, you know? And they're like, oh, he was awesome. I loved him. I'm like, cool. No, but of course, yeah. then you have to live up to that. So. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you know, I remember my um, history teacher, you know, he asked, he's like, Donnell, he's like, you related to Pat Donnell? I'm like, yeah, that was my dad. He's like, you can play football also? I'm like, no. And that pissed him off because he was a football coach also. Right. And I literally could care less about football. Yeah. I, mean, I just, it, you know, I, I, was do, I did different sports. I did kickboxing and wrestling and swim team, you know, and I'd go do adventure races, you know, and stuff like that in high school. Well, that, that was a question. That's I what I enjoyed. Was your, da- uh, was your dad in the military? No. Uh, so, he wanted to. Okay. Uh, he tried. But when my dad and my uncle were both going to try to join them, they're actually going to 
join the Navy and be Navy SEALs. Okay. But at the time, there wasn't a war going on, and there was they were trying to get age waivers, and there just uh, wasn't a need for yeah. you know for it, so they weren't really doing age waivers and yeah. stuff like that. So he he never served. Uh, he wishes he would have, but you know, I mean. If he would have, I don't know if he would have met my mom, you know what yeah. I mean? And so it's everything happens for a reason, but yeah. you know, he's obviously very, very proud American, very proud of our service. And you know, his dad served and other family members served as well. So he, you know, huge, so huge supporter, obviously. What led you? Um, because kind of like I don't know how your dad did it, but for me growing up, I was never like, oh, I wouldn't do the military, I wasn't even aware of it, it wasn't in my just my wasn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what made you sort of say, my brother and I watched, we were sitting around watching TV when we were little. I mean, like I say little, like six or seven or eight. Okay. And a documentary came on, on the Navy SEALs. It was just talking about how John F. Kennedy, you know, and all all this stuff that went on from, you know, the frogmen in Vietnam and Mm -hmm. just after World War II and just all this stuff. Right. And, uh, we watched that. We heard that it was coming back on. We, like, for whatever reason, freaked out and had my parents record it. They record <laughs> it. And my brother and I watched that recording yeah. every morning and evening that we could, that they'd let us. Okay. And then we learned everything that we could. We asked family members about it. One of our neighbors, two of our neighbors were old Vietnam vets, so we talked to them about stuff. Okay. And my brother and I just literally grew up playing Navy SEALs. Okay. You know, that's what we did. So it just hit something inside of your... I just want to be a commando. Were, yeah. yeah, I seriously want to be a commando. Like, yeah. ever since I was a little kid. And I always... Like, I didn't... Like, as a kid, like, I thought good guys killing bad guys right. was cool. Right. Like, I, I wasn't, like... I wasn't raised, like, oh, that's really... No, right. there, there's evil people out there. Clearly. That yeah. need to be dead. Yeah. You know, or otherwise, they're going to kill innocent people. Right. And ever since I was a little kid, I always was like, oh... Okay, yeah, that's Someone's the way it should that. be. Yeah. And I wanted to, I want to do that, you know? And um, you know, I'm sure some people listening to this are gonna be like, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's reality. Yeah. Because if there wasn't people doing that, it, you don't wanna know what it's like. I've been to horrible countries yeah. where they don't they don't have the freedoms and securities that we have here. Yeah. And it's it's disturbing. It yeah. really is disturbing, you know. So anyway, so I'm starting to digress. You know, from a young age, right. that's what I wanted to do. So yeah. I grew up playing Navy SEALs, and I was in high school, getting ready to graduate. You know, I'd, I'd broken my hand. I'd gotten into a fight at a party, you know, defending my buddies, myself, and whatever. But still, at a, at a, at a party, got high in a fight. Party, yeah. yeah, my dad got upset. And, um, you know, I broke my knuckle, this bone, and, um, you know, fractured my wrist and everything. My dad was frustrated, rightfully so, yeah. you know, kind of wondering what I was going to do when I graduated, where I wanted to go. And I knew college wasn't for me at the time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, nothing wrong with guys that go to college, get a good college degree. I didn't have any direction. So I wasn't yeah. going to college and yeah. waste time and money not knowing what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, the whole military thing was always in the back of my mind, but I hadn't thought of it for years, you know. And my dad, oh, really? Yeah, you know, literally in high school, I just really hadn't given it huh. any thought. Okay. Yeah, you know, which is funny. Yeah, it kind of just fell off. Playing you know? commando, it's all of a sudden good. Co- yeah. Yeah, well, you know, you kind of grow, grow up and people start telling you what you need to be doing and not need uh, to be doing and yeah. you know, all that other there it is. BS, right? Right. And my dad challenged me. He's like, what about the military? Hmm. I'm like, hmm. Really hadn't thought of it for years, you know. He's like, "What about being a Navy SEAL?" You and Corey used to play Navy SEALs, and I was like, "What year is this, roughly?" Two thousand one. Before or after? This is before nine eleven. Really? Yeah. I'm, so it's yeah. weird the way that. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Okay. So, I go to work. I'm okay. working at a pizza place. I look across the street. There's a Navy recruiting office. I'm like, you know what? 
I'll go get some information from my dad mm-hmm. just to appease him, right? You know, I'm, high school graduation's coming up, senior camping party trip. Yeah. I've got other things on my mind, <laughs> you know? Other important things, <laughs> right? Agenda full. Yeah, ex- absolutely. And, um, and so I go, I get, I walk in the recruiting office and they're all trying to be hard, you know, like, what are you doing? Like, you know, trying to like just intimidate me, right? Yeah. Like how Nate, like how recruiters used to be, right? Well, as you say, prior to, prior to 9-11, you know, happened. that's just how the yeah. way it was, right? Yeah. You know, cause if, Hey, you want to join the military, you know, whatever. Yeah. And you know, I'm, you know, I'm sure I was pretty intimidating at the time. I'm like 135 pounds with bleach blonde hair and puka shell necklaces, right? I was out <laughs> at the river every day, right? With my friend. That's what we did. We'd just go yeah. swim in the river and hang out. Yeah. And, uh, I, I was, you know, I told him like, Hey, you know, think about joining the Navy and becoming a Navy SEAL. Everyone in that recruiting office laughed, like started like full on laughing at me. Let me, because I, I, I always wonder this. Now everyone wants to be a Navy SEAL. Yeah. But back then, I mean, I had never heard. I mean, I, the Charlie Sheen movie. Yeah. But like, I would never have thought. So was it was it something that they heard a lot? You know, do you think did the guys come in and say, "I want to be a Navy SEAL"? Or I don't know. I mean, these guys were all in the Navy. You know, they'd right. been in the Navy for a long time, so they knew about Navy SEALs. Sure. And so they're, you know, I'm the small, skinny little kid coming in saying, right. "Hey, I want to be a Navy SEAL," and they're like. Yeah. Okay, kid. Yeah, yeah. And the, you know this is an old, an older, uh, you know, senior chief. I remember his rank now, and he was, he, he was pretty cool. You know, he was like, "Hey, two things, kid. One, the Navy isn't going to touch you with that cast in your hand. We can't do anything with you, nor will we. Right? For the party, the fight. Well, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I had the cast on my hand, yeah. right? And okay. so he's like, "We can't do anything with you." Yeah. He's like, second, the Navy SEAL wannabe recruiter." We'll be back here on Thursday. He's not here. So if you want to come back and talk to Petty Officer Garrett, feel free. I was like, okay. The whole wannabe thing, I was yeah. like, mother. They're thinking you're not coming back. You're yeah, they, yeah. yeah, they're like, yeah, we'll see you later, kid, right? Yeah. I'm like, all right, hey, thank you. Appreciate your guys' time. Grab some stuff, and I leave. And I go I go back to work, and I'm sitting at the desk, because I'm, I'm working at the front register, because I have a cast on my hand. I can't touch the food or anything, all right? Yeah. And I'm looking across the street, and I'm like looking at the Navy recruiting office, and I'm just thinking about all the things that I eat. Thought I thought I knew about the military, yeah. right, and everything, and thought about them all laughing and all this other stuff, and I just made the decision then and there. I was like, "That's what I want to do, and I'm going to do it." You know, because my parents instilled into us, you don't allow another human being to dictate what mm. you can and can't do. And I've always been raised with that mindset and mentality from my parents and from my grandparents and aunts and uncles. And that's just the way we were. Right. Right. And so I go back home and my dad's like, Hey, how was work? Am I good? It was, what'd your dad do by the way? Uh, construction and cooking. Okay. So he's either done one or the other his whole life. Right. Okay. Uh, phenomenal craftsman and phenomenal chef. Okay. So, you know, sometimes construction seasonal. So when the season slows down, he'd be in a restaurant cooking and, you know, opened up a couple different restaurants, um, as the, you know, the head chef opened up a couple different, uh, golf courses, restaurants, hotels, stuff so like that. So kind of a self, self-go-getter. I mean, he was oh, not 100%. A kind of oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> 100% go-getter. My mom was the same way, but her role was always taking care of the family, right. you know? So she still worked when she could. She taught step aerobics, did personal training. Mm. Uh, you know, so we, we didn't grow up poor, you know, sometimes I would think, Oh, we were poor, but when, now that I'm older and I've gotten to travel the world and see yeah. what poor really is, I'm like, yeah, no, we're good to go. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, there was times that we went without stuff and we were tight, you know, yeah. extremely tight. But when I see what true poverty is, I'm like, 
this country has no freaking clue what poverty actually is, you know? So, you know, but we grew up with a great lifestyle, like just always having fun, enjoying life, enjoying what we had. So it was cool, you know? So I had that base and mindset growing up. So I told my dad, hey, I'm thinking about joining the Navy, want to join the Navy, but be a Navy SEAL, but they can't do anything with me with this cast. Like the recruiter said they won't do anything. My dad's like, cool, go, hey, go start the bath and uh, start some warm bath water and start soaking your cast in there. I'm like, okay, cool. So I go in there, right? I'm just like, oh, cool. My dad told me to do it. I'll go do it. So I go in there. He comes back in a couple minutes later with some tools from the garage and we cut my cast off. (laughs) And so, of course, you know, that makes sense. And, you know, only after 11 days of having it on, not the smartest move, right? I mean, my can was just, it was bad, right? I mean, I couldn't even grip a pen to sign my name, right? And so my mom comes home. My cast is cut off. I'm telling her I'm joining the Navy, my Navy SEAL. Like, I mean, it was... It was Mom's happy. Yeah, <laughs> really thrilled with my dad, right? <laughs> and so, uh, anyways, I go back in the recruiter's office two days later. It's on a Thursday. I walk in there. They look at me. They look at my hand, and they're like, hmm, all right. Petty Officer Garrett will help you. And so that started the process, And he was right? the wannabe guy, right? He was. Yeah. He was the guy that they said, oh, he's the wannabe recruiter. Right, right. Well... Turns out he was in Buds at one time as well, and for whatever reason, didn't make it through training. Oh, so he wasn't a, a SEAL. He, he wasn't was, a SEAL. Okay. He was just, <laughs> but he tried. He tried. Okay. He, was, he, he went to Buds. Who knows what happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've dealt with so many people that say, oh, yeah, I was in Buds, but this, this happened, and you're like, yeah, okay. And then you actually look up their name in the database, and yeah. it's like, yeah, no, actually, you quit the very first moment you had, but whatever, cool. I mean, not saying anything bad about guys that go to Buzz and yeah. quit, because, hey, it's not for everybody. It's hard. Clearly. Yeah, it's difficult for a reason. Yeah. But come on. Day one. Yeah, yeah, maybe absolutely. You can get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, so, anyway, so I, I worked with him. He's super cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and I spent that summer working construction with my dad. And what my dad did to help me prepare mentally and physically mm-hmm. was phenomenal. You know, I'll always be in debt to him for that. I didn't know what he's doing at the time, but he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. He pushed me musically. M- musically. Musically. Yeah, musically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He pushed me physically and mentally okay. to my limits every single day. That summer? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That summer working for him, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was set to leave on September 5th for boot camp. And whoa, 2001. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So that summer, so I couldn't grip a pen or a pencil. So how am I going to work construction? Right. So what we did is my dad took, we took my kickboxing hand wraps and we wrapped my hand real nice and tight. Like while I was doing boxing. Right. Okay. And then I grabbed the hammer and then my dad took medical athletic tape and wrapped my hand and the hammer into my grip and along my forearm. Yeah, because, I mean, that's not weird. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> but he did that so I could actually work and yeah. hold on to it. Yeah. But he was doing it to push me, yeah. to push me physically and mentally every single day, right? Yeah. And he did, absolutely to my limits. But it prepared me with the mindset that I needed to go through BUDS. So what, this is a question I wrote down. When you, got to, when you got to BUDS, now, you know, I've read a lot about it. Not everybody has, I'm sure. Yeah. But it, everyone, I mean, there's there's movies and stuff. And Buds mm-hmm. is hard. You know, yeah, That's where they put you in the water. It's cold. It's dark. It's, it's yeah. miserable, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Was there, when you went there, was there ever a thought that you were thinking, I'm, I'm going to give this a shot and maybe I'll wind up back in the fleet? Nope. No, there was no plan B. There was no plan B. Okay. So the the school, so back then you, you went through boot camp and then you went through schooling for the Navy, right? So okay. you had to have your regular job in the Navy. If you're going to try to become a SEAL, because there's such a high attrition rate, 
right? Ah, okay. And so that's how it used to be. But now they're still trying to fill so many billets for the SEAL teams that you go to boot camp, then you go to BUDS prep, and then you go to BUDS. And if you quit and wash out, then you're going to go to the fleet undesignated with no job. Ooh. Yeah, have fun okay. sweeping and swabbing the decks and chipping paint and repainting. How many years would you be? So, okay, I go to... It's a four-year enlistment into the military. Years. Yeah. So, so I go I, to boot camp, they send me to BUDS, I wash out, I'm four years on a boat somewhere. Yeah. Or it's probably not cool. Or if, yeah, no, absolutely not. Or if you do a really good job out in the fleet, you might be able to come back in two years. To try again. To try again for BUDS. But there's such a high demand and so many people trying out for BUDS that Mm -hmm. are at the absolute top of their game. Mm -hmm. They're not, they're not taking washouts. So if you Mm -hmm. quit, you're done. So So, so that's not, I guess I didn't really realize. So, you know, I always think back to like my, my job, what I do, mm -hmm. you know, you can go give this a shot in sales or try a business, you know, open up a pizza joint, whatever. And yeah. if it doesn't work out, yeah, it sucks. You might be in a little bit of debt, but mm-hmm. like you're not four years on a boat somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. So there was a real um, drive. downside. It, oh, drive, yeah, yeah. It was a huge downside. downside. Okay. And the other thing is I'm in boot camp. Six days later, 9-11 happens. Uh-huh. So you talk about just some even more drive and yeah. fuel to the fire. Yeah. There's absolutely no way I was going to quit. No. I- I'm claustrophobic and I have a fear of drowning. You, if you know anything about BUDS and Navy SEAL training, yeah. you know that that's going to be horrible for me. The thing that freaks me out the most, I don't know where I read it, but um, I guess one of the evolutions that they do with you guys is you have to go under a boat. Like, is it San Diego Harbor maybe? Yeah. Or you have to go at night under a boat with your swim buddy. Mm-hmm. How in the... Is that true, first yeah, of all? Yeah, absolutely. How the hell do you... I mean, so there have got to be guys that didn't have background in water like you just do it right yeah just well they, they're gonna train you on everything you need to know yeah, still. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. like it's not like they're gonna be like put guys out in in the bay at night without the ability to navigate like on day three yeah absolutely okay. so you're working your way up to it yeah. and that's the thing i went into it i didn't have any expectations i didn't know mm-hmm. anything other than the random things i hear like I, I wasn't the guy that watched all the documentaries read all the books like there was guys that did that mm-hmm. they all quit hmm. you know what i mean like they all quit. Oh, like, they, it doesn't prepare you for anything. They thought they knew. They thought they knew what they were ready for, but it was different. Yeah, it's all okay. mental. You know, okay. buds is just a gut check. It's just to weed out the mentally weak. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they start teaching you stuff after Hell Week, like a little bit. But then once you graduate from buds, SQT is where they teach you the majority of what you need to know mm-hmm. before you check into a SEAL team. And then you check into a SEAL team. You're a new guy that doesn't know anything, right? And then mm-hmm. so you do your full workup as a new guy and then deploy, you know, so there's so much training before you're actually headed overseas. So does it ever, I mean, now that you're in, um, I don't want to say you're in corporate America cause you're not like that, but you deal with corporate America. Yeah. I, I deal with it every day. Yeah. <laughs> One of the frustrations for me as a coach is people who come either with or without expectations, but they quit so quickly. Um, you know, do you see that a lot in corporate America? Is it, is it primarily in sales? Do you see that? Is, is it? Well, you know, I did sales. When I first oh, got did? out, okay. I worked at a financial company here in like less than a mile and a half from, from this office. Wait, okay. So hold on, let me back up a little bit. So you, you, you get through, obviously you get through buds, right? Yep. Get through um, buds. Any injuries or anything crazy like nope. that? Or, okay. Nope. So make it through first time. Yeah. No issues, no rollbacks. Um, you get to your team, I guess, and you get a workup, you said. Yep. So you, okay. And then you're, then you're deployed. Yep. And, um. Deployed to Iraq to the worst of the worst from what, you know, yeah. listening to the podcast you're on with Jocko. Which one was that again? Uh, podcast 46. So if, if you guys haven't listened to any of the Jocko podcasts, just go listen to that one. One of the things that, by the way, <clears throat> I just was laughing on the treadmill in San Diego listening to it was he was talking about this guy, you, 
who um, was, uh, you know, balls to the wall with, like, the training. And he and Jocko was saying something to the effect of, like, okay, cool. I wonder what he's going to be like under, you know, like, real situations. And he's like, yeah, same dude. Right? <laughs> yeah. Same. I forget how he put it. But yeah, was, Jocko would always, <laughs> he, he would tease, like, me sometimes. Because well, some guys will be, like, balls to the wall in training. Yeah. And they're just trying to overcompensate for, like, their fears or whatever yeah. or nervousness. And when they're overseas, they're not that way. Right. Um, but, yeah, you know, it was the same way in training as yeah. I was overseas, you know. And Jocko would joke, like, during training sometimes, he'd be like, hey, JP, uh, how hot is it in Sacramento in the middle of the summer? And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty hot. Why? He's like, I'm just wondering what I should pack for your funeral when we have to go to Sacramento <laughs> for your funeral. I'm like, well, you know. Hey, hey, boss, you know, in my, in, my, in my will, I have it to wear. I don't want anybody in suits or whatnot, so I want, like, Hawaiian clothes and, you know, just relaxed and casual. So you just – shorts and a T-shirt, you'll be all right. He's like, all right, cool. And I get – I mean, I'm, I'm guessing gallows humor is part of the gig, but you can be oh, right. I mean – That's 100% part of just yeah. who we are. We're not we're, – we're cut from a different cloth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're not Boy Scouts. Right. You know, we're, we're the guys that are going to go in and shoot guys in the middle of the night in their face while they're sleeping because right. they do horrible, horrible, evil things to innocent people. You break you know stuff I mean? and kill people. Yeah, we break right. stuff and kill people. Yeah. But then we also rebuild stuff yeah. and we save people and we do amazing, phenomenal things that people just can't comprehend. But that's part of who we are. We yeah. realize that people are going to die. Yeah. You know, And so, yeah, that's part of our sick, twisted sense of humor is just having fun with it, right? Yeah. What, are we going to be scared and think about it the whole time? What does that do for you? It's probably Nothing. not helpful to you or the no, guys Not at you all. Yeah. Absolutely. You yeah. know, you just accept, hey, fate is what it is. And my thing was, I was never afraid or scared or nervous when I was deployed. Mm-hmm. Like, it was the best time of my life. Yeah. I loved combat. I right. loved every aspect of it. Because I also knew that my days were numbered mm-hmm. and in the hands of God. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to die, I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. I just hope that if I am going to die, it's doing something at the highest level, yeah. saving somebody else or something honorable, you know, not something stupid, you know? So that was just the way I lived my life, you know? So and, you on, I've noticed when you're like your Instagram and stuff, mm-hmm. you'll put a uh, hashtag mission first mindset. Do I have yes. It right? Yeah. It, what is that from? I just, I was sitting there just kind of thinking through like just what we do and how I did stuff. And what, what was the difference from when I was in the SEAL teams and being in a high you know, performance winning team to on the outside. And it's just a mindset, mm-hmm. right? The guys that make it through training have a different mindset. The guys that win in life and win in business and are super successful, they have a different mindset. Mm-hmm. And to, so your question as to what you were saying earlier as to do you deal with people that quit and, yeah. you know, don't make it through, it's their mindset. They don't have a, they don't have the proper mindset to push them to the next level. They don't have their why clearly established. Does that make sense? It does. That's, that's so, where that mission-first mindset comes from. And that's where it comes right. from. You yeah. look at all the top performers in the world. They have mm-hmm. a mission-first mindset. They're always focused on what the end goal is. Everything yeah. that you do in life affects your mission, whatever your mission is, right? Yeah. Whether it's to be an amazing father, mm-hmm. an amazing husband, a super successful business owner, right? An amazing manager or be successful in the military or, or make it through SWAT or you know, climb the ranks in the fire department or start your own organization or charity. There has to be a clear established mission for you to accomplish. Now, if you can establish that mission and then work your way backwards and realize that everything you do affects you accomplishing that mission, Mm -hmm. it changes your focus. It changes your mindset. Did you have that, um, 
did you have that mission of there's bad people in the world and people who need to be saved? Did you have that in going into buds? Or yes, did you, do, you did. Okay, yeah, so you're I very just clear. I, I was very clear. I knew it, okay. and I didn't want to let my family down. Right, yeah. the end goal <clears throat> was getting to a SEAL team, and I knew when I got to a SEAL team the mission was going to change. Mm-hmm. So I had to break it down to, okay, in order for me to get to a SEAL team, I have to make it through SQT. Mm-hmm. In order for me to make it through SQT, I have to get to SQT. Mm-hmm. So in order for me to get to SQT, I have to make it through BUDS. In order for me to make it through BUDS, I have to get to third phase. It's just one step at To time. get to third phase, I have yeah. to get to second. To get to through second, I have to make it through first. Hell week is in first phase. Hell week is five and a half days straight, no sleep, all physical activity. Mm-hmm. That's when most people quit. Mm-hmm. So... I just had to establish the mission mm-hmm. and then give myself increments along the way to establish. And yeah. even going all the way down to in going through Hell Week, going from evolution to evolution, mm-hmm. knowing that the evolution had to finish. It right. had to end, right? right? They have to feed you. There's only five days. I, I know. Yeah, it's only five and a half days straight. <laughs> no big deal, yeah. right? Takes 10 years off your life from yeah. the stress, but no big deal. Um, you know, I just knew that they had to. And I changed my mindset. My mindset instead of, complaining about, oh, we have to do this or we have to go for a four-mile timed run was I get to go for a four-mile timed run. I'm healthy. I'm fit. I get to do what people wish that they could do, Mm -hmm. right? And so you've been to San Diego. Mm -hmm. Have you been to Coronado? Mm -hmm. You know those condos in Coronado? On the on the beach by the Hotel Del Coronado. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you're on the Hotel Del Coronado yeah. and you're looking out to the ocean, yeah. to the left, those condos. Uh-huh. When well, my barracks are past that. Our training okay. is past that. So as we're out looking out of the beach, we look to the right and we see the condos and the Hotel Del Coronado, right? Yeah. And I was always amazed at those condos. I'm like, dude, that would be amazing to have a place right there. And right. our instructors told us like, hey. Those condos start for about $5 million a oh piece. Oh, did they really? Uh, that's what they told us. I don't know. You know, maybe it was just whatever. Yeah. But I thought about that. I was like, wow. <laughs> and I'm looking at our barracks, and I'm like, I have the same view that they have. It's true. I have the same beach, yeah. the same ocean, the same. So I have everything that they have, but I'm getting paid to live there. Yeah. I'm getting paid to work out. They have to feed me breakfast. They have to feed me lunch. They have to feed me dinner. And if we train really late, they have to give us midnight rations. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was just changing my mindset. Like, wow, this is awesome. Are you yeah. kidding me? Right? And that was just what I went into every evolution was with the mindset that I get to do this. Okay. And I've tried to do that on the outside. Well, that's where I was going to go is that when you get out of the teams, so you had 10 years or close to 10 years? 11 and a half years in the Navy. Okay. All that except for boot camp was buds, SQT, and the SEAL teams. Okay, so for yeah. like the layman and my the way my mind works is you were ten years SEAL. I know that you, yeah, I don't, I don't see, I don't count buds and SQT as my time in the SEAL team. So actually, right. from checking into a SEAL team till the day I got out it was just right at ten years as an active duty SEAL. Okay, and the so rest was all training. I'll use that. So I'll use that ten years active duty SEAL. Mission, I mean, even before that, mission first mindset, clear, being ingrained, 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 and then you're out. Almost like, you know, I, I don't know as many guys like you as I know professional athletes, but the guys who retire and they don't have the locker room, so they don't, they don't have the guys, mm-hmm. right? And they don't have, they don't have wins and losses anymore because mm-hmm. it, nobody, nobody cares what they're doing now. What, when you left the teams, what, what was that like? It was rough. It was really hard. Was you know, it I had a hard transition. Just... Well, I just didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have <coughs> yeah. a purpose anymore, right? Uh-huh. Now, obviously, clearly, my why and my purpose was to provide for my family. Mm-hmm. But I just I didn't have that satisfaction, mm-hmm. right? And so I got out. I was doing sales at a financial company. 
And what, what, what I didn't know. So that. yeah, so I was working with a it's a factoring company. So we okay. buy account receivables that have a delay to pay. So it's Got really it. big in the trucking industry, yeah. right? So let's say you have um, Foxhole Trucking, yeah. right? And you deliver your load to Walmart. Well, yeah. you're gonna have to wait 30, 45, 60 days to get paid by Walmart, right? Well, if you're a small, medium, or even large company, it's gonna be hard for you to float to that. Float that. Yeah. You're gonna have to pay your drivers, mm-hmm. refill your trucks with gas, and keep moving, right? Right. So for factoring, you can take that invoice, send it over to us. We'll give you anywhere between 90 to 97% of it up mm-hmm. front within an hour, right? Mm-hmm. And then we take that invoice, we send it to your customer, and we tell them that they need to pay us. Once they pay us, we give you the remaining balance minus our small fee off the back. Oh, so it's um, initially like volume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, okay. So it's account receivables that we're financing. Okay. And... Um, you know, so when the guy explained it to me, like I just explained it to you, I was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I was like, that must be easy to sell. He's like, well, not easy, <laughs> but if people understand it, the companies, you know, understand it, you know, then we do pretty well. I'm like, yeah. wow, that's pretty awesome. So I went in, did an interview, did well in the interview, uh-huh. got hired. You know, I was, I was still in the Navy, but I was transitioning out. Okay. So I had my leave, my time off to try to find a job, get established and everything else like that. Uh, so I got hired on. And, um, it was awesome, you know, and I was doing well and I really enjoyed what I was doing. I, I liked the challenge. I liked sales. Um, you know, if, if you have a product that's good and yeah. you can solve somebody's problems, you're right. If you provide a solution to their problems, you can unlimited mm-hmm. amounts that you can make in sales. Mm-hmm. You just have to be good at building relationships and communicating, right? Uh, uh, ha, ha. Oh, so weird, for weird. The people listening. Yes. Um, that communication piece, man, that's pretty key, though. Every company I've ever worked with, every unit, every organization, the same thing applies to the ones that are absolutely amazing mm-hmm. to the ones that are absolutely horrible. It's communication. Mm-hmm. Up and down the chain of command. So, interesting. So, I could learn how to put rounds down range, just like you can, but if the guy communicating it to me isn't explaining it the right way or yeah. we don't get along or whatever, I mean, things break down. 100%. Yeah. 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 So if you're out there and if you're a coach or you're an instructor and a trainer mm-hmm. and you don't have the ability to communicate multiple different ways, mm-hmm. you will never be successful. Now, isn't that true in front of a client too? 100%. Right? Because like everyone's You have to read different. their body language. Absolutely. I, I mean, yeah. I literally just got done with, I had a two hour video conference call this morning with the company, I was mm-hmm. talking about the same thing, yeah. you know, like, and that's why I like when you're like, Hey, we have a sales base of people that we talk to. I'm like, awesome. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. like communication is absolutely everything. You know, and I was asking this in the SEAL teams. I mean, this is not, what's interesting, you know, sorry to cut you off. Don't, no, you're fine. Don't yeah, kill yeah. Me. The, the, what's interesting to me is that, um, the people I think, you know, there's talent. There are some people who are more talented than others. I get that. But if you're not working on the, the skill set of communication, you're going to fail. I mean... Yeah, but hard work trumps talent all day long. Fair. Totally fair. I will outwork anybody. But if there's two JPs equally talented, right, and, and one outworks the other, I get it. But um, it seems to me in, in sales, and this is not universally true for sure, Yeah. but it seems to me that in sales, <clears throat> most people can make more money than they think they can 
even if they're not very talented, if they work on the things that they're not very good at naturally. Some people are just good at communication, mm -hmm. right? But if you're not good at communication, you don't just chuck it out the window and say, well, I'll make it up in product knowledge. No. Right? Absolutely okay. not. Yeah. That's yeah. You have to be a well-rounded individual. And if right. you're – communication is the base of everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, it absolutely is, right? And your communication has to be simple, clear, and concise. Uh, but yeah, you have to be able to listen as well, equally, Right. Um, you want to be good at, at sales, get your, get your customer to talk. People love to talk about themselves. Yeah. They love to talk about, and while you're, they're talking, if you can actually listen to what they're saying mm -hmm. and find out how your product can provide a solution to their problems, then you're going to win. Then mm -hmm. you, they just have to understand that then that is, is of worth value. Mm -hmm. Right. And then that comes down to you explaining the product knowledge sure. and explaining how your product can provide a solution to their problem and why it's worth it. And we might be oversimplifying it, but this takes time to, it, to understand. You have to develop. build trust yeah. and build a relationship. And it takes time to understand how to properly communicate with right. somebody and how to actually listen and how to, to, you know, put the correlation. But when, if you tell me you have a problem in your conversation, I have to be able to recognize that problem mm -hmm. and recognize that this is a solution to your problem for this, this, and this, mm -hmm. right? And that takes time. Yeah. And if you don't have time, you can make up for lost time through training. And I don't think enough people in sales do enough training. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was working with my sales team, we trained every day. We did role playing every single day. Mm -hmm. We'd work through different problems and scenarios and like real life stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Every single day. Because guess what we did in the SEAL teams? Same thing. We trained every <laughs> single day. Yeah. You know, you have to. Yeah. Even when we we're overseas and deployed in a combat zone, guess what we still did on our downtime? We trained, yeah. right? We did mission planning, we did debriefs, and we'd put through ourselves through different scenarios in case, hey, what if this happened on target? Hey, let's think about this. And hey, if this was to happen, what would we do? Okay, well, this is how we do it. Well, we've never done this. Well, let's go do it a hundred times so we're really good at it. Hmm. I mean, because that's important. We realized how important it was to be proficient. And I think people are just lazy, man, yeah. on the outside. They expect, oh, well, if I'm doing this and this, it will happen. No, you've got to work your ass off for it. You and want it, you have to go get it. Did you find that you said lazy? Did you find that? Uh, so you get out of the SEAL teams and you get into the world that I'm in, right? Which is normal, quote unquote, normal life. What do you think about the people to your left and your right? Were they were they lazy typically, relatively? Yeah, as a whole corporate America, yeah, it yeah. was compared to the guys that I was working That's with. That's what I'm asking, right? yeah. But the sales team that I worked with was awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, because they were hungry, they were driven, they are commission-based, right? Mm -hmm. And these guys were making some good money, mm -hmm. right? I mean, for... And for me getting out of the military, mm -hmm. finding out that guys are making fifteen dollars to $17,000 a month, I'm like, are you... What? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then in that time that I was there, these guys grew their incomes where they're making seventeen, twenty, twenty-two thousand mm -hmm. dollars in a month. Yeah. Right. And I was like, ooh, come yeah. on, right? I'd yeah. never fathomed that. And then I that's when I realized, wow, sales, I get what I put into it, right? And these guys are just naturally hungry. Right. Um, now we had different guys float into sales and think they want to do sales and they realize, oh, it's actually a lot of hard work. Yeah. Not emotional. You know, too. Yeah. Emotional Oof. being told no over yeah. and over and over. You've got to be able to take that. Not a lot of people a lot can of failure, right? right? A, a lot, lot of failure, of failure. Yeah. but you have to realize that those failures are going to lead to a victory. Mm -hmm. And if you can learn from all your failures, then mm -hmm. it's not that hard on you. Right. And so, so that's what I realized. So, yeah, go ahead on that. Um, the, on the fail. So I think everyone's heard of the, the phrase, like, you know, you learn when you fail, that kind of thing. 
But where I'm actually linking it is I think through more and more in my 20-year career, confidence lacks is lacking. Yes. One of the things I think I get my confidence from is all the failures that I went through, but then eventually one yeah. developed the confidence. Is Am I on to something there? Is, do yeah. you see that like where you're at? Yeah, like, 100%. Okay. Because okay. that's what we did in training in the SEAL teams is we failed all the time. In like, training like all design, the time okay. by design okay. so that we could learn to think and adapt and overcome adversity. And when failure hits you, you're not sitting there. Oh my God, what happened? Right. Oh, cool. What's next? Right. Let's work through this. Right. I can sit around and feel sorry for myself, but what does that get me in life? Right. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Right. And right. so realizing that a failure is an opportunity for you to learn and grow and continue pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Right. But then you have to recognize when you have your victories, mm-hmm. That it's because you've been working your butt off and you failed at all these other times that you learned from all these failures and all those failures led you to this victory. Mm -hmm. So you have to keep that in the back of your mind and not just like, oh, I won because of this. Yeah. No, you need to all put it together. And then that will help build your confidence. And that's why I feel, you know, if you're working with a sales team or you're, you know, you're working with different coaches, you know, and they're failing, failing, failing. Okay, cool. Good. Let's work through that and what can we learn? But give them a softball. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Give them something to boost their confidence. And if you're not doing that with your team, then you're, you're not doing a good job. That's, that's great. Cause I know there's a lot of guys that, um, that will email me and stuff from here mm-hmm. who are not in sales directly, but they're training sales guys. You know, they're in charge of sales. Yeah. Guys. So that, I think that's, that's a great, point. you got to give them softballs to right. build their confidence. Yeah. You have to, you know, that's what we did in training, right? We'd crush, 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 give them a home run, uh-huh. crush, 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 Give them a home run. Okay. And when they finish the block of training, what do you think they finished on? The good stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. But we also did debriefs after every single run so we could figure out what we can learn from okay. to help with our planning for the next cycle. Right? Okay. We debrief after every run. We debrief at the half-day mark before lunch. We debrief after all the runs after lunch. And then we do an end-of-the-day debrief. We do an end-of-the-week debrief and an end-of-the-training-block-of-cycle debrief with all these debriefs built in there. So you're constantly learning mm-hmm. from the good and the bad. Okay. You, know, you, you have to give your team soft. you yeah. got to give them those little underhand softball home run grand slam hit so that they can constantly build and grow themselves. And, um, you know, if you have a sales guy that's just in a slump Mm -hmm. because he's just trying to go for that big sale, big sale, big sale, get them back to the basics. Yeah. You know, a lot of small sales equal a big sale as well. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so a lot of guys, they waste all this energy going after that big hit, going after that big hit, going after that big hit and different industries. Yeah. That big hit will make up for that whole year, Mm -hmm. but that's hard. That's a hard mindset. That's yeah. a hard lifestyle for somebody to truly be able to go after, right? You so know, it, it, you're right, and I think um, to take it even further, I think when this so the sales guy and the emotional swings in sales or business ownership, either yeah. way, and you're you're going after that big elephant, and it doesn't happen or it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Man, the, the guys I deal with, they're bringing it home now. Yeah, to the misses and the kids, and and guess what? That affects when you go back to work. It's just a cycle, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. It's, a, it's a downward cycle. Yeah. You know, and that's what, when Jocko brought that mindset of winning the fight, it wasn't about us going out and getting bar fights. It was winning whatever fight we're dealing with, right? Personally or professionally. Okay. So that there can be that balance. And you so, have to have that balance. So when you say that, I hear it as um, when your nutrition, when your physical training, when your marital relationship, 100%. every day of your kids, right? I mean, yeah. So everything's connected. You can't just... I, well, I shouldn't say this. I don't think you can be just awesome at business and let everything else slide. 
No, you I mean, can't. You can, but it would I, fail eventually, right? I haven't seen anybody with that, with a long-term, like, that's actually had longevity that's in that. worked, right, for fair long-term. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely not. Okay. There has to be that balance. So I got a bunch of questions that um, that come up all the time. Uh, okay. We can kind of rapid fire. Yeah. I don't want to keep you here. I know you, you got stuff, so um, I'll give you the ones I get all the time. <clears throat> Let's see here. Oh, here's a good one. Um, we already talked about there was no plan B. Like, you go to Bud's, that's it, man. I'm going to be a SEAL. That's yeah. it, right? Did you ever, um, or when did you ever feel like you made it, quote unquote? Like, okay, I, I did it. You know, I'm not going to wash out. Was there a time? I mean, I I never had that feeling like I was going to make it because I never thought that I wasn't going to make it. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, it does, actually. Yeah. There wasn't ever the t- thought that, uh, if I can get to here, I'm good. I, I, I was good the day I swore into the, into the Navy. I was good so when good. I left for boot camp. So I was good. good when I checked into Bud's. Yeah. So I never had that, oh, I've got to make it to this part, you know, because everyone's like, if I could just make it through Hell Week, I'll be good. I was like, I'm so, good no matter what. So you're standing in front of a room then of financial advisors, yeah. okay, which I typically do, and you get that question like, uh, hey, JP, when did you feel like you made it? Um, what would you say to that guy? Like, hey, man, bef- the premise of the question's messed up. Like, let's work on your mindset. Or we'll yeah, just- it's 100% yeah. mindset. Okay. Yeah, you've got to got to have that confidence and, and so good. <laughs> you know, and just realize, hey, I've already made it, you know? Like I, I talk with athletes and I, I talk with MMA fighters, you know, cause I did MMA, uh, when yeah. I first got out, you know, I have um, seven fights and six and one as an amateur. Check and I have on YouTube, by the way, yeah. I saw that. I saw that. One. <laughs> I think it was TKO round two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you know, I have professional fighters that come to me and they're like, Hey man, can you help me with my mindset? Can you help me with this and training and everything else like that? And I'm talking to fighters and you know, there's a local fighter here, Jaleel Willis. He's from Memphis. He's nine and zero as an amateur, eight and zero as a professional MMA fighter. Is that good? Yeah, that's <laughs> really good, right? And he's fought the top guys. It's yeah. not like he's just fought scrubs. He's fought yeah. top guys, right? He's uh, fighting uh, February sixteenth in Dallas as the main event, right? Mm. And whenever I talk with him, I'm like, Jaleel, you're already a champion. Mm-hmm. You just haven't allowed yourself to realize that. Mm. And he, I remember when I first told him that he was like. He just is like, what's he looking for? Ding. What was I don't he? know. Okay. Interesting. I don't yeah. know. Cause yeah. I, you know, I take for granted the parents and grandparents and family members I had, yeah. Yeah. you know, we were always told, Hey, you're going to win. Yeah. You're going to win at life. You know what I mean? Like you're a champion. You're already good. You're all right. Second place sucks. Don't be happy with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's true, you know, in life and business and second place sucks. Yeah. You should not be happy with second place, you right. know? And, it's just that mindset that I've always had. And I just, I take for granted the fact that I had that. Right. And so, okay, let's say you haven't had that. You haven't had that instilled into your mind growing up. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. You can believe in yourself, you know, and I always tell Jaleel and other guys, I'm like, Hey, I'm proud of you. And there's a lot of people that are proud of you. And Mm -hmm. Jaleel was like, man, I never thought people were proud of me. It it blows my mind. I'm like, Jaleel, do you realize how good of an individual athlete you are? How good of a father you are, a boyfriend now, you know, a fiance you are. Like, like you bring guys aren't getting that though. When I say guys, I mean guys, girls, you know, professionals. Well, they're not really getting that from anybody. They're not. Yeah. And that's why they need to invest in themselves yeah. on personal and professional development, yeah, right? And that's why coaches are so important. You've got to have a coach, right? And if you can't afford a coach, then listen to podcasts, subscribe, you yeah. know. You, Dude, there's, po- I mean, seriously, podcasts, like just go find one. 
Yeah, Jocko um, Podcast. Who are the guys you follow? I was just going to uh, ask you. I, I, so I, I listen to Jocko Podcast. Yeah. Uh, I was on Andy Frisella's podcast. Okay. It's the, uh, the the MF CEO project. I was on episode 190. 190? Um, yep, 190. The MF CEO. Yeah, the MF CEO project. The MF CEO. Okay. Um, it, it's got some strong language, but yeah, if well, you can just get past that, yeah. his message is phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. And I'm telling you right now, if you can't get past somebody drop dropping f bombs, which yeah. I, I don't do that, I try not to cuss a lot. Yeah. But if you can't get past somebody doing that, right. and listen to the actual message, right, right, right. you will never be successful in life. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, if yeah. somebody's language offends you. <laughs> you to the point that you can't listen to the core yeah. message, you're gonna get your teeth kicked in by the rest of society. Now, I'm just telling that, you right now, that dude. Well, so I'm guessing I know what MF stands for then. MF yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he's up in uh, St. Louis. He's, he's up in St. Louis. Yeah. He, you know, him and his partner uh, opened up a bunch of supplement superstores up there. Yeah. They started First Form. Yeah. And they're, form you know, there. they do about 160 million a year in revenue. I think he's got a nice car oh, or three eight, or 10 or 10 or 12. <laughs> I don't know. It's insane. Okay. But you know, he's just, his content is so real mm-hmm. and raw and you learn so much from that. Uh, Ed Milet, he's got a podcast out there. Okay. Uh, yeah, these guys are awesome. Yeah. If you just listen to a couple of these different guys, podcasts, listen to the books that they, you know, recommend yeah. and everything. That's going to help you out. You know, yeah. you've, you've got to find that confidence. You've got to find something that's going to help push you, keep you accountable. Okay. And that's the most important thing out there. Got it. Okay. So that, that makes it, that's, that's huge right there. In, in So I, here's a follow up on that. And this is my own question. Uh, Cause I never hear this from guys. So we've got the mindset of I've already won, right? I'm, I'm going to win. Yeah. Um, for me, I won't speak for everybody. Ego, right? Ego. There's a very thin line because I'm I'm very successful in what I do, and that ego comes with that. Yes. And yet, I think it can also damage it. A hundred percent. So tell me, talk to me a little bit about that. E- ego is a great thing. It drives us. Okay. Right. A hundred percent. I'm glad but, you said that because no, <laughs> it, ego, ego is a great thing. Yeah. However, ego is also a bad thing. And if you can't control your ego, if you can't put your ego in check Mm -hmm. and be humble Mm -hmm. and be coachable and teachable, Mm -hmm. respect your enemy. Now, the difference that I said there is respect, not fear, right? Right. You have to respect your competition. But do you fear them? I don't. No, you should. If you fear your competition, just go ahead and go work for them. Yeah. Because they're going to take you over very, very soon. Yeah. But you don't fear them, right? We respected the enemy that we fought because mm-hmm. guess what? They were still there in the streets killing Americans and yeah, killing they had innocents. Guns, right? Yeah. Maybe they were good, but they had them, but they were still good at what they did. Yeah. They, they're still there. Right. Yeah. Home turf. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But did we fear them? <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when we first got to Ramadi, the other task unit that we were replacing, mm-hmm. the task unit commander told our bosses, Hey, if you guys go into Ramadi, mm-hmm. into this section, almost everybody's going to get killed and or injured. And our boss is like, good, that's where we're going. Not because they wanted us to get injured and or killed or hurt, yeah. but they knew if we didn't go there, what would we accomplish? Yeah. Absolutely nothing. If not you guys, who? Exactly. Right. What yeah. do you accomplish from the sidelines in life? Yeah, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. If you want to win, you have to step foot on the field. Yeah. So that's what we were going to do. And instead of them, the enemy, being able to terrorize and hunt down Americans and, and Iraqis, we started hunting them, mm-hmm. and they didn't know what to do. Because no one else had done that, really. No, absolutely yeah. not. And so we just changed our mind. We just 
well, we didn't change our mindset. That was our mindset, but we changed what was happening and we took the fight to the enemy. And were we confident in our abilities? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But we weren't cocky because we knew somebody could get injured or killed. And guess what? Guys got injured on our very first operation. Mm-hmm. But did that mean that we stopped going out there? No, we just turned up the intensity even more. So you know? confident, not cocky. Yeah, confident, not cocky. You know, you, you have to adapt. You know, you have to be able to adapt and grow and learn, right? There's new technology, new methodologies yeah. that are out there. Your competition is evolving. Yeah. Why are you not? Yeah. And if you don't have the ability to do an honest self-assessment, your ego's in the way. So here's a big one for you then. Uh, how, how are you doing on time? Just so I know. I'm good, bro. Okay. Um, in, in the, so <clears throat> in the next 10 to 15 years, let's just say, um, I mean, like all the stuff, if you can see the officer now, all the stuff we've got here, none of this stuff existed 10 years ago. No. I mean, we had computers, but we didn't have these computers. Right? No. We didn't have podcasts. We didn't no. have iPhones. None of it. Actually, I think the iPhone did come out. It was in 2006. Ago. Yeah. yeah. Six? Okay. Uh, six or seven-ish. Seven. It was a big old clunky thing with no apps. And you couldn't even take pictures. And I remember <laughs> teasing my roommate, <laughs> my roommate, Derek, who, you okay. know, he's rest in peace. He's in, up in heaven now. But uh, he, I remember he had, he went out and got the iPhone. I'm yeah. like... You can't even take a picture with that. That's stupid. And you could the other ones, right? The little flip phones? Yeah. yeah I, could, I was yeah. taking pictures with my flip phone, yeah. my little razor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, we didn't have we didn't have any of this. So we had none of this cool stuff. So the, and, and the compound curve on this technology is just, I mean, it's flying. It's quick. insane. So the next 10 to 15 years is going to change everything four times over. 100%. In a lot of the people's businesses that are listening on, on this podcast right now, um, the way that they do business now is already outdated let alone what's going to happen in, let's just say, the next three to five years. In addition, the large companies they serve under, you know, mm-hmm. big financial services companies, et cetera, those companies are moving like the Titanic. Like, they just don't keep up with technology. What, how, I guess there's a two-part question here. How does somebody who's a high producer, but that works in an environment where, you know, the rest aren't, they're not even interested in being high producers. Average is okay. And that's not going to change. There's no accountability and there's no look towards the future with technology and things like that. How's that other person supposed to operate? What, what advice do you have for that kind of person? The high performer. Can they continue to operate on their own as a high performer and grow and evolve and move, move away from where they're at? Well, the move away, I guess, is the question. Because a lot of people ask me that. They're like, hey, do I stay where I'm at as part of this team? Because there's benefits to it. Yeah. Um, or, you know, do I have to go out on my own? I mean, what... What are you comfortable with? What what risks can you take? Yeah. And you, you don't have to go out on your own to make a difference and, you know, do it the right way. Your attitude is contagious. Mm-hmm. Take ownership of what needs to happen. Be a leader amongst your peers, amongst your company, your organization, mm-hmm. and just make it happen. Like the, what, there's no restrictions and someone saying like, no, you can't evolve. You can't be better at your job. What I mean, if, if you can sh- seeing you as a threat, they being the, the people, the management or, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what if, cause then if they see you as being a threat, you haven't built relationships with them. Uh, and if you build relationships with people up and down your chain of command, yeah. then they're going to view you as an asset. And you've got to work so hard that people view you as an asset. Because guess what? The economy is also going to change and it's going to go downhill. And do you want people to view you as an asset or just another person? Mm -hmm. You've got to make it to where you are such a valuable asset. You are the last person on that list of people that they get rid of. Yeah. And so if you're just coasting along and 
average is okay, well, cool. Well, you'll be the first on that list when when they need to get rid of people. What about those guys to my left and my right? Um, So let's say you've got, you're coaching somebody in a corporation and they are a high performer, Mm -hmm. right? And they're doing, like they're getting after it every day, but they're surrounded by other people that just, they're not bad people. They're just not that guy. And they're never going to be. What, does he silo himself off a little bit? He doesn't cause trouble, but just sort of does his thing. Like, Yeah, you, you can't allow other average performers to hold you back. You've got to keep producing. You just do your thing. You've got to do your thing. And while you're doing your thing, you should also try to help them up Mm -hmm. their game as well. You've got to find a way to serve other. Mm -hmm. I mean, Hey, if you're in this industry, you're, 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 you're service oriented anyways. Right. So why not be an asset, build up other people so that they can better themselves as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, that attitude and them being fired up, pumped up, whether it's just, Hey, come work out with me in the morning. Yeah. Or, hey, guess what? I got this new technology. It's really helped me increase my numbers, and this is what I've been doing. You should try it out. I mean, help help people. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's good. It really is good. But, you know, it's so easy to forget that. It, it is. It really is when you're in the world. Mm-hmm. You're the fish in the bowl, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, you want to help others, but you also got to take care of yourself. Yeah, well, let's I mean, assume you, that you, they've done that, right? They're good. They're good producers. That, that's yeah. not the issue. I think what I see a lot of times is guys are, like, pointing the finger everywhere else. What's interesting, though, JP, is that, um, the guys who are pointing the figure finger elsewhere, I don't know that they're actually successful everywhere. Like they're really overweight maybe, or they're, you know, there, there's areas in their life. I'm like, yeah, dude, you can point the finger at the average performer, but the thing is he's got a really solid relationship at home with his wife. Exactly. And you don't. Exactly. <laughs> you know I mean, so people point the fingers at others to distract others from looking at themselves. Uh, yeah. You may not know about that personally, what's yeah. going on with the, the wife or what's going on with the kids or what's going right. on, you Health. know, health wise, yeah. even though it's apparent when you look at people yeah. and they're just overweight and just sloppy. Right. And it's a tough one because they can't hide it. It's there. It know? drives me crazy, man. Yeah. And I know I'm out of shape right now for my standards. Oh, yeah, and actually, uh, you've lost weight because last I time have. you have, yeah, last yeah. time we got yeah, together, yeah. I was yeah, like, slimmed up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm trying anyways, but I've, I've found when I've worked with very, very different people, right? All, all different various companies and Uh management up and down the people that are pointing the fingers, they're pointing so that you're not looking at them Mm because they're insecure Mm -hmm. that if you don't start looking around at other people that you're going to start kind of figuring out their deal. Yeah. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean the ones that are well-rounded that have a good marriage that are financially good to go, their health is good they're performing at work. They don't care. They're confident. Yeah. You, they're like, Hey, check out what I'm doing. Yeah. Cause they want you to realize that. Yeah. But Open the ones, book. yeah. The ones that are not transparent that are trying to point the blame on other people. It's because they're lacking in other areas. Got it. Got it. Um, this one I get all the time. Um, <clears throat> people who, so especially like when you guys go out and you're training companies and somebody's coming for, I'm sure this happens a lot. They come to you and they're like, GP, like solve this problem. What's the answer? quotes, you know, bunny ears. What is the answer? I mean, I don't know that there is an answer, right? I mean, there's some stuff like, well, I can tell you the most, yeah, there's not the answer, but something that usually ties into what the answer is, Mm -hmm. is lack of ownership Mm -hmm. and bad communication. Back to the communication. Back to communication, yeah. 100%. And guys just wanting to pass the blame and, oh, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. Well, yeah, actually, actually it is your fault. Yeah. You know, people are going to think I put you up to the communication part, by the way. Oh, dude, no, I, I, <laughs> I'll try to get the recording of the other conversation I had this morning. I mean, that's yeah. crazy. Uh, so you already answered that one. Um, all right. 
what's uh, so what are you doing now? Like what's so, next? <clears throat> what's next? Just seeing where where we can take Echelon Front to the next level, right? You know, I I got out. <clears throat> I was working at that financial company, yeah. and then I started my company, Never Settle Consulting. Yeah. Which you still uh, have? Which I still have. Got it. Okay. It's just, I mean, Echelon Front, with how busy I am yeah. and the the impact that I'm able to make with Echelon Front and the future with Echelon Front, I mean, that's that's where that's where I'm at, you yeah. know? And I'll, you know, I changed up Never Settle Consulting, so I don't want there to be any, any slight confusion as there's any you know, blurring of the lines or, you know, conflicting interest with what I do with Echelon Front because okay. Echelon Front's a management and leadership consulting company, right? Right. And there was some like, oh, well, what's the difference between the two? So Never Settle is an apparel company, right? I still have that line where you can get shirts and hats. It's neversettleapparel.com. By the way, I'm not, I'm literally not <clears> just saying this, swear to God. I only have one of your shirts. It's the blue one. Yes. Um, with the flat, yeah. I can't explain. So you you might be like me. I'm a big t-shirt guy, mm-hmm. and I'll, it drives my wife crazy. I'll yeah. buy a hundred t-shirts, but ninety nine of them just don't quite fit right. Yeah. Dude, your stuff is good. It really, it really is. I'm not just saying that. No, it's really I good. you know, and I get that from a lot of people. Yeah. And I'm I pay more for my stuff. Okay. I don't have the price margins like other companies yeah. have because I pay much more for my stuff than yeah. other people do. And I expect the highest quality out of my stuff. Like my last t-shirt order was screwed up, right? Like, cause I have their tag list, right? Like the, so the tags are printed on the inside yeah. and yeah, yeah. they're, you know, they're a nice 60, 40 cotton polyester blend and all this other stuff. Good. Like, they fit, yeah, yeah. I, I have the better fits and everything. Yeah. And my, my order was off, right? The tags were crooked on the inside and the guy was like trying to make these excuses. And I'm like, Hey, do you realize the name of my company is never settle? You're going to redo all these. Yeah. And he tried to tell me there's the other issues. I'm like, not my problem, bud. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I expect the absolute best. Yeah. And you knew that going into this. And the guy was like, hey, roger that. And he fixed it. Yeah. Good to go. Yeah. Now, before I got spoiled, because before he did my stuff, my best friend did all my shirts and hats, right? Okay. And he is so OCD. Everything was perfect, right? I never had to worry about anything. I never had to worry about anything. Now, I'm not talking bad on this guy. Like, he he made, you know, granted, I mean, there's a lot of shirts. So he was going to be eating thousands of dollars, right? But hey, that's part of doing business. And he made it right. And he did a good job, right? And I'm good to go with that. So I still have the shirts and hats. And we'll say you know, the website again. Uh, we'll put it in the notes. Yeah, yeah. Neversettleapparel.com. Okay. And I still have the, the T-shirt and hats because of the message of never settle, of not settling for average in your life, to constantly push yourself in all aspects, right? Yeah. And <clears throat> I do it to help a lot of fighters. And, you know, I give back to law enforcement and veterans with, mm. you know, with some of the stuff that we've done. And, you know, I have people that have my logo tattooed on them. Yeah. Because they're like, dude, it's a perfect, constant daily reminder, yeah. you know? And and so I still have that, but my absolute main focus is Echelon Front, okay. right? And so I'm now the director of tactical training programs okay. with Echelon Front. And I'm also a leadership keynote speaker. Uh, we do... I do workshops, so I do half-day, full-day, multi-day. We do long-term training programs with companies where we come in, we do an assessment and evaluation, come up with a game plan, help you take action, and then we, you know, come back and we do site visits and Skype conference calls and voice, you know, we we do the whole package for a long-term program as well. How big of a company does this have to be? doesn't matter. Really? We've done everything from... You know, I've done an engagement where I, you know, there was 18 people there all the way up to 3000 people. Right. And the, 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 the 
half day, full day workshops. Mm-hmm. I've literally same thing. It, all different shapes and sizes, right? So these guys who run financial all different firms. industries. Oh so yeah, if you, you yeah, there. if you're running a financial firm, you can shoot me an email. It's JP as in Jeremiah Patrick at echelonfront.com. So E C H E L O N front.com. You okay. know, um, you shoot me an email and get you more information on uh, what we do. Okay. Um, you know, and that's where my focus is. You okay. know, I, I mean. At the one-year mark, I, it was kind of cool. We looked back at it from you know my first solo speaking gig to exactly a year after. Mm-hmm. I've worked with fifty-eight different companies. Uh, you know, and this all, is a year, right? Like from now, it's exa- roughly a year. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, so uh, they brought me on board in October, and I didn't do my first solo speaking gig until December fourteenth. So from December fourteenth, two thousand sixteen, okay. to December fourteenth, two thousand seventeen, fifty-eight. I've worked with fifty-eight different companies, <laughs> wow. whether it was a keynote, a half-day workshop, full-day workshop, or yeah. a long-term engagement. And so now, as the director of tactical training programs, I build hands-on scenario-based training so that you can work through your leadership issues and problems mm. with your company in a fun team building environment. Yeah. Right. And so when people hear tactical training, they think, Oh, shooting and moving and tactical. No, no, no. Yeah. I, let's say you had a company, right. And you want echelon front to come in and, and work with you. Well, part of our long-term programs is we have the FTX program where now you can take your supervisors, managers, or your whole company. Yeah. And we put them through scenario-based training where we're going to teach you mission planning. We're going to teach Mm. you how to debrief, how to mission plan. And then guess what? We're going to give you some Intel Mm -hmm. and you're going to develop a a plan to go do a capture kill mission against role players. And it's going to either, where do you do it? Anywhere, anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere across the nation. We have places where you can come to us. So we have a couple uh, places all across the nation where we have relationships with their facility where if you want to do it offsite Mm -hmm. and have it towards a, all-encompassing leadership development and team-building event, you can come to us. Mm. Or if we're coming to you, we'll find a location close to you, sure. where whether it's like a paintball field or an airsoft location or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and if someone doesn't want paintball or airsoft because they're like, oh, that's going to hurt, yeah. we're also going to have the option where we have these laser taggers, where we okay. can program everything, where you're still getting that scenario-based training, yeah. but there's absolutely no safety hazards yeah. to it. So yeah. it's pretty cool. And, and we're doing this international as well. So Dude. that's what I'm building up You're right busy. now. Yes, I'm very busy. A hundred percent busy. Yeah. And, you know, and so, I mean, for me not to be a hundred percent focused on that would be foolish. Yeah. That would be my ego, yeah. right? <laughs> oh, hey, I have my company. I'm going to yeah. build up my company. Well, no, of course I love my company yeah. because of what it stands for. And I still want it to be there because it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. I've literally had people email me and text me. I've had people stop me like, Hey, you JP. And I'm like, yeah, they're like from never settle. I'm like, yeah. That's kind of And they're cool. like, dude, I have seven of your shirts. And they tell me their name. I'm like, oh, yeah, hey, I remember. And they're like, dude, you write a handwritten note on every order. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And so it's really cool, you know. And then yeah. I've had people stop me for Echelon Front. They're like, hey, are you JP from Echelon Front? I'm like, yeah. They're like, man, dude, I, I listen to your podcast. My company's trying to bring you on board. So it's, it's really cool, you know. And so yeah. with what I'm doing with Echelon Front has the ability to have a greater impact yeah. Across the, the world. The scale is just Acc- It's insane. Yeah. yeah. And I would be an absolute idiot and fool not to have my focus there. You know, they, yeah. I, 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 you know, I've been able to make, you know, a, a good living for my family, yeah. you know, and, but dude, honestly, to, to see the companies that we've worked with, 
than where a company comes back to you three months later Mm -hmm. and says, you know what? We were six months, nine months, 12 months, whatever. We've gotten all these different emails Mm -hmm. from going out of business. Mm -hmm. You guys were our last ditch effort. And now we have turned around 180 degrees. We're having the best months we've ever had. We've had these promotions. We've brought on new team members. We've gotten rid of the bad team members that we should have done six months ago. Thank you. Yeah. That, I mean, how do you replace that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to well, have, think- to see that impact has just been amazing. And what Jocko and Leif have done yeah. with Echelon Front, the writing of Extreme Ownership, their book. Great book. To be a part of it is just humbling. You know what's cool? I mean, it's though? amazing. Um, I love Jacko. I mean, I love his personality. I do because I he I get him. Like you know, I've never met him, but I mm-hmm. get him. I get his. Yeah, yeah. I get that a lot of times he's just screwing around and joking. You know, when he's like, you know, do burpees. Yeah, I get it. But he's also serious. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but the thing is, like you, your message is the same. But it, like when I follow you on Instagram and stuff like that, it's different enough that you're gonna pull in the other group of people. I hope so. That just can't. Like Jocko won't resonate with them. I hope so. You know, yeah. and, and you know, and and Leif resonates with people that yeah, yeah, that don't relate with Jocko, yeah. and people relate with Jocko that don't relate with totally. Leif, and it's all dynamic. It's, it's all different. You know, yeah. it's it's really cool. And and what's humbling for myself, and I, I literally, I just me and my wife talk about this, and I talk with other people. I'm like, man, it's amazing, right? So Jocko and Leif brought me on board as a first person outside the two of them to be a speaker and trainer, cool. right? Yeah. So that was awesome yeah. right B- definitely built up my confidence a little bit you know, like, hey, yeah i mean thing. well yeah in, in a good way right yeah, yeah, because sure. they're not gonna bring me on board if they didn't believe that i could operate at the highest level yeah. for what they've been doing i mean you can put that you they're know not risk it no yeah. absolutely not right and then they brought on dave burke right yeah I dave burke, his, he sounds very good dude yeah insane he's he's a very good buddy of mine now yeah. like i consider him a very close friend we've done a couple gigs together where we worked with companies uh dave burke he's on jocko podcast 69 crazy um, backstory insane yeah, like top, top gun, gun pilot, pilot top gun instructor on the ground yeah like, uh, he's the only person in the world that's operationally qualified for four different fighter planes. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, yeah, listen to his podcast. It's what freaking that again? podcast 69, 69, right? I mean, it's insane, right? Yeah. And then they brought on Flynn Cochran. Flynn Cochran, I actually put him through Buzz. That was his Buzz instructor, right? He's an officer in the SEAL teams. Okay. Our director of operations, Jamie, it's her husband. Ah, okay. So he got out of the SEAL teams. He was an officer in the SEAL teams, right? Went to Harvard Business School was working with McKinsey Group, uh-huh. which if you know anything about yeah. consulting, they are the large, one of the largest in the world, yeah. right? Uh, he was working there. We brought him on board. So he's now our chief strategy officer. He also does keynotes as well, but his thing is the big long-term strategic planning okay. and growth of Echelon Front and us being able to bring what he did there to companies as well. Because guess what? All these companies have all these problems. Guess what it all comes down to? Communication individual leadership through communication yeah. and all this other stuff. Okay. It comes down to the individual, right? Yeah. It comes down to leadership. Yeah. So yeah, you may have all these problems, but guess what it comes down to? Actual human beings, yeah. which is leadership, yeah. right? And so that's what's great because we get to come in and then, you know, so impressive background, it, insanely intelligent, yeah. right? I mean, Jocko and Leif, you know their backgrounds, you yeah. know, Jocko 20 plus years, prior enlisted, one of the highest, most respected officers in the SEAL teams, yeah. Leif, Naval Academy officer, incredibly intelligent. I mean, yeah. just insane, right? Um, 
And then they just brought on another instructor because that's how busy we're getting, right? We just brought another one, Jason Tushin, 27 years as a SEAL. Dude, seriously? Command Master Chief, the highest ranking that you can be as an enlisted guy in the Navy. Insane background. 30 years as an operational SEAL? As an operational SEAL, 27 years. He put me through training. He was one of my SQT instructors. Okay. Insane. Yeah. Insane background, insane stories. Um, I mean, he's done stuff that will never be talked about. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's operated at the highest level that the the nation has any idea about. And now he's on board with us. Uh, Just got to spend time with all the guys. We were in um, Utah doing our first FTX with the company that I got to run. And they're, I mean, it's just insane. So these are the guys that I get to hang out with and spend time with. And like tomorrow we have our weekly conference call. I can't wait because I get to talk with all the guys and listen. And so it's it's amazing to see what we're doing, man. That's cool. Like we said at the beginning, I think, um, you know, those guys you just mentioned, the ones that I'm aware of and not, yeah. I mean, the, the collective wisdom and knowledge and practicality that you can bring the guys like me who are in sales and just corporate world, it's going to make a huge difference. I, I hope I, so. I really do think so. I hope Last so. question for you. How long does it take you to do a hundred burpees? I told John Mark had asked this question. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I haven't. Uh, I haven't timed myself. <laughs> I guess I probably should. So get after that a little. I'm bit. gonna yeah. have to. Yeah, Pro- not as fast as I should. There you go. That's a good answer. <laughs> we heard you. We heard uh, Jacko talk about one of his. I guess one of his friends, and he was trying to get under the 10 minute mark. And um, John Mark and I were like, "Dude, we can do that right now." Like, <laughs> so yeah. I was like, oh, "I'm gonna ask JP." Yeah, you know, I I haven't. Uh, yeah. I need to. Um, I, I know there's a trooper out there. He, uh, Trooper, you know, the guys that follow Jocko podcast or whatever, somebody asked him and he was at a party drinking and they're like, whatever. He's like, I'll do it. They're like, dude, you've been drinking like Jameson all night. Even better. He did it (laughs) under 10 minutes. (laughs) He said he threw up all over the place. I mean, it was hilarious. But yeah, you know, I don't, I haven't, I haven't timed myself. I need to. Eight minutes is is like the number I'm always hovering around. That's good. And dude, I'll tell you, it's like, uh, it, it feels like you ran. It feels like you ran two or three miles. I mean, not that that's a long distance, but if you run them at pace, you know, it's, it, oh, yeah. it, it gets you a little bit. So. It's eight minutes of constant, constant work, burpees, full yeah. body. Yeah. You know and what I mean? So I did one where it was uh, 30 days in a row. I had to do 100 burpees, and I'd wake up every morning mm-hmm. for time and did it and videoed it and, and put it out there and the whole thing just to, just to show people, like, no, you, you can actually do something 30 days in a row, Yeah, even things that suck. And um, you know what's funny? At the end of it, I was like, I think I could do 200. So I did that a few times, and my wife's like, you know, I know how you operate. Let's just stop. Because it's going to be 300, <laughs> yeah. 400, 500. Like 500 before breakfast. Nah, it's not a good idea. But, yeah. Uh, cool. yeah. There's a lot of wear and tear after a little bit. But it's that's awesome that yeah. you're doing that. You know, you have yeah. to be obviously, you know, smart with the training. But, yeah, to show people you can do that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You know, and it's funny. I always get this question. And I know they mean right, and I try not to come off rude when I reply to them, but I get so many messages on my Instagram page because I have my Instagram page, never underscore settle underscore apparel is just for never settle. That's all. Oh, okay. Right? I didn't even know about that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, there's a reason. It's just for never settle. My, like I said, my focus is yeah. echelon front, right? Yeah, so yeah, right. The, the Instagram page I have with them is JP Danell, mm-hmm. right? So at JPD as in David, I-N-N-E-L-L, right? So that'll leave you to that. Okay. So I'm always posting different stuff on there and whatnot. Yeah. And, um, you know, just... You were saying you got a, somebody instant message? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. these guys will send me in, messages on there because uh, they know that, you know, I, hey, former Navy SEAL, yeah. stuff like that, all the podcasts I'm in, direct people towards that. And they'll yeah. send me a message of like, hey, what would you recommend me doing getting ready for BUDS? Or, hey... 
how can I find out more information for becoming a Navy SEAL? And my initial response as to what I want to type is Google. (laughs) Yeah. 100%. But actually what I want to say is if you can't find this out for yourself, you will never be a Navy SEAL. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you realize what you want to go do. Yeah. If you can't figure out, if you can't think, hmm, let me type into Google what yeah. are the qualifications On to become phone, a Navy SEAL? Yeah. yeah, which you don't even have to go to recruiter's right. office anymore. Yeah. You can figure out everything. Yeah. They have the SEAL screen test online. Yeah. So you can say, oh, I need to go do this. If you can't figure that out, I'm telling you right now, you will never be a Navy SEAL, right? Yeah. So I'll respond and say, hey, well, you, you, sh- you can look online for the, the screen test. The wannabes look online. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Hey, and then I always tell them, go find a recruiter and start the process. And then they'll say, well, what about all the physical stuff? Like, can you give me a workout plan? I'm like, just become, I was like, all you need to focus on is running, swimming, push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, and all body weight exercises. And if you can get to yourself where you can do the SEAL screen test back-to-back three times in a row and pass it, you are in the, you are where you need to be to go. That's funny you should say that because my wife and I pulled that up somehow two years ago. It's not that difficult. It's not difficult. It's we were, not. It, we did it in the gym and I'm like, Pfft. but what you just said was interesting. Three times in a row back to back, that's a little bit different. It is. Yeah, that's a little Because I forget the run. It, how long was the run on that? It's like it's a, a mile and a half. So like you a, do the swim. Actually, the run was a good so time. So this is what time. people do. Oh, yeah, it's like 10 and a half minutes for a mile and a half. Yeah, but that that's like... Uh, it's a seven and a half minute mile pace, I is think. Is that what it is? Okay, that's, that's not as bad as I thought. I, I think. When I, I did the math before, No, it's a seven thought, minute mile pace. I think it's seven. Yeah, well, it's, it's seven legit. minutes. I mean, that's... that's it's a, seven minutes. Ten and a half is seven minute pace. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. After doing the other stuff, I mean, it's... Yeah. And, yeah. But you guys are doing it in boots, so it's just different. Yeah, you're doing yeah. it in boots and, and pants. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you start off with the swim. So if you right. do it right... Right. You, doing that swim... You know, yep. um, you know, it's gonna it's gonna tire out your arms for the push ups and sit ups and right. the pull ups, and that's where most it gets people is on the pull ups. Yeah. Um, and that's why I tell people just be maxed out, maxed out, maxed out. Do it back to back. If you can pass it three times in a row, you'll probably be pretty decent, right? Yeah. Um, and if you're looking to try to go become a Navy SEAL by hitting the very minimal requirements on the numbers, good luck, Sally. Yeah. You ain't going to last very long. I'm sure it'll be fine. But that's like anything. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, I'm, you'll be okay. Yeah, go and sign up for four years. But that's like anything in life, right? If somebody came to you or any of the, any of the individuals here that's listening right now, yeah. if somebody came to you and said, hey, what's the very minimal requirements yeah. for me to, to, to get into your company and maintain? Yeah. Come on. You know what's funny, though? And this isn't funny, actually. It's sad. This industry, most, most sales industries, but I definitely in the financial world, I've found that that's acceptable. They will keep you around. It's crazy. Um, maybe it's because, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's because they, they, just, they just need distribution. I don't really, I don't know. But the other thing I found is that when guys say to me, how did you? I mean, it's always, you know, you probably get the same, how did you? How did you go from, you know, zero to where you're at now? I'm like, well, the, a lot, a lot of stuff happened. But one of the things that most people don't do is when I was 24, living in D.C., I never went out. I was like in my apartment and I was studying crap. What's your focus? It, it, for, for me, because going to the plan B thing, I didn't have a plan B. If I had to work in a cube my entire life, I would have killed myself. I never would have been able to do it. So to me, it was like, I'll do anything it takes. So I tell these guys that, you know, hey, go get the scripts, learn them, role play them, tape yourself, roll it back, whatever. You got to be all in. They don't do it. 
They just don't do it. I, I, when I first started, I recorded every one of my sales calls. And when I was driving to the next one, I replayed it. See, that's 100% what I did. And, you know, I, I, I hope people, if they, if they stuck with this this far, I mean, I hope they're, they're listening to this. It's like there's no secret. And if, um, if they haven't stuck with it this far to finish out the podcast, yeah. they're not going to anything <laughs> going else. To anyway. So, cool. Bye. It, it's, it's so funny, though. Like, you know, I'm never going to equate what I do with what you've done. But the mentality. The mindset is to, the same. Right, to be a champion is the same. The mentality. And, and I'm trying to. And the, and the thing that you said, the ego thing struck me, too, that, that thin line and in helping others. And, but the other thing you said really stuck with me that I've been thinking a lot about. It's just that, like you're doing right now, like, man, I'm not in as good a shape as I want to be. I'm like, dude, you look good. But you're not okay. Like, yeah, I got this amazing job, and I want to be better. You know, yeah. at my physical, I want to be better dad. I want to be better. It's just all tied in. That mindset is the same high performers in, in my industry. It's the same mindset. Yeah. And guys are lacking it. So. Well, the, the reason why they're lacking it is because they, A, they don't believe that they can do it. Mm. Or if they believe that they can do it, they've gotten lazy because they've gotten comfortable mm-hmm. because yeah. they're not reestablishing a new mission. new mission. What's the new goal? Yeah. What, yeah. What's what drives you, right? And so when the first thing I did, the absolute first thing I did when I took over sales manager is I sat down with the guys, talked with them, said, hey, here's my expectations of you. Mm-hmm. What are your expectations of me? Cool. Check. We're all on the same page. Yeah. I'm going to be open and honest with you guys. If you're slacking, I expect you to do the same of me. Yeah. All right, cool. We're good. We're established. We're good. Second, I want personal and professional short-term, mid-term, and long-term goals from each of you by tomorrow before we start work. Mm-hmm. And then I sat down with the, each of them and went over their short-term, mid-term, and long-term professional and personal goals because mm-hmm. we know they intertwine, right? Yep, yep. And there's got to be that balance. Yep. And I said, hey, I'm going to hold you accountable. Are you good with this? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, guess what? I'm now going to let everybody else know what your short-term, mid-term, and long-term personal and professional goals are because there is absolutely no growth in the comfort zone. And mm-hmm. I want you to be uncomfortable. And I want us to push and hold each other accountable. Are you good with that? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're kind and of, these guys crushed yeah. all their goals yeah. personally and professionally and kept doing it. So you have to keep establishing new short-term, mid-term, and long-term goals. But you're also talking about a team. Which absolutely. Is, which is very, there's a lot of lone wolves in the sales industry. And I don't think that works well. Well, they have somebody that can hold them accountable. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I don't know. What are you referring to? There's somebody. Well, yeah. A friend, they can find somebody. a yeah, family yeah, sure. member. Oh, no. I'm saying they're doing this intentionally, JP. Like, it's not that they can't find anybody. It's that they decide that they can do everything on their own and they just do the lone wolf thing. And to me, I just think that there's a power in... I mean, you, you know John Mark and I have Sarah. Yeah. And, like, I, the team is there for a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons is like, so we can all be very well aware of what we're all trying to do. And we kind of hold each other accountable. Even though there's a leader, it's still, there's power in that. Okay. So I'll say to the lone wolves, look at all the, the ultra super successful people out there that you look at them and you're like, Hey, I don't care how successful you are right now. Look, you, we all have somebody out there that we're like, man, that would be legit. I would like that lifestyle. Right. It's always somebody better. There's always somebody bigger and better out there. Right. So look at that individual. Are they a true lone wolf or have they found a way to serve others? Yeah. Because once they got that, that I'm going to make it, they got out of that money mindset mm-hmm. and they transferred it to where I'm going to find a way to serve as many people as possible. That's when their game went to the absolute next level. Hmm. And so look at those people. If that's how they did it, then I, I would suggest to do the same. Find a way to serve others. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And help others. Yeah. And that's going to just take your game to the absolute next level. Yeah. 
So, I mean, you can survive as a lone wolf, but you're not going to thrive. Yeah, it's the thrive I'm, I'm kind of referencing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you can survive. A lone wolf can absolutely survive. Yeah. But do you want to thrive? And I think the listeners on here want to thrive. Yeah. So you've got to find a team. You've you got to you have to establish a team. Mm-hmm. And it, hey, if you don't like not being the leader, then establish your own team. Yeah. And lead others to victory as well. You know. Yeah. So that's what I would say. Dude, you went way beyond what I expected you to. I, I appreciate it. Man. No, I, pre- I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Um, we'll put the uh, the ways to kind of follow you and uh, and you know the apparel page and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. We'll put it in the notes so people can go in there and. It's and all the same on on Instagram and Facebook. You okay. Know? So JP yeah. Danell on Instagram and Facebook. Never settle apparel for Instagram and Facebook. But you know, big thing. If any of these individuals are out there listening, you want to connect with me, you can obviously send me a message on social media, or just send me an email. JP at echelonfront.com that's e-c-h-e-l-o-n-f-r-o-n-t.com so awesome awesome dude thank you so much thank you brother appreciate Appreciate it it. hey one thing also talk about is we have an event with echelon front called the muster oh yeah it's a two-day leadership uh seminar workshop you know we have one coming up in in washington dc may May 17th and 18th and then we have one in san francisco uh, October 17th and 18th and uh, they can send me a message I can get them more information or okay. if they just go to echelonfront.com they can go from there or extremeownership.com okay. and that leads you straight to the link for the muster to get the information and if you're in the finance industry yeah you have to be there because I'm telling you the the relationships that you will build mm-hmm. with other individuals there will it's absolutely invaluable. Um, I mean, we have people from, we just launched it and we're at like a quarter already. For the May one? Yeah. All right. And also almost, and also (laughs) for the October one as well. Well, I hate San Francisco. I'm not going there, but, (laughs) but DC, like I could, I could do that. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm saying they, they will sell out. Everyone that we've had sells out and you have industry leaders from all over the world Mm -hmm. that come to it. So, echelonfront.com or extremeownership.com get some information for the muster or send me an email i can help connect you with our director of operations if you want to bring a group we do group discounts and rates as well as like that i've give discounts for um for active duty law enforcement military uh and then we have an event that i'm helping develop in the future um called roll call which will be the same format as muster but only for active duty military law oh. enforcement and first responders cool. i'm pretty excited about that that's one. neat that, yeah yeah oh that would make sense that yeah. makes a lot of sense yeah, kind yeah. of give them their own give them their own yeah. little yeah but it's awesome get the yeah. wusses out yeah <laughs> hey, you gotta come to dc you gotta come yeah. to the muster i'm telling that's, you right you now. know what i actually look that's around another industry event not in a bad way like actually might work yeah. sweet um, but uh maybe i'll take marky mark with me um, hey, investing uh, into your future right there. Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm telling you, right, and we we tell. Hey, if you're not, if you don't feel that you got the value, get your money back. But people tell us, dude, what's it cost? Uh, do, 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 I don't think it's a lot. From what I look, it's like twenty five hundred. Yeah, relatively which, which, speaking, dude, come yeah, on. Nah. If you if you if you've done anything like this, you know, yeah. we we've. Jocko was talking to a guy who is very well known in New Zealand for the the, the events that he does, and he's yeah. talking with Jocko, and he's like, "Hey, so how much is this?" And Jocko told him, "He's like, oh, so you're on the lower budget one." Yeah. And Jocko's like, 
just like what like yeah, 25 grand dude yeah, yeah. no exactly no, and, no we have people tell us all yeah. the time they're like hey you guys are undercharging yeah. like the for the value that you get the high level experience the one-on-one or inter you're going to get interaction with jocko and Leif, myself dave burke yeah we were we do the 4 30 in the morning pts which are not mandatory but it's an awesome time. Hey, you when, can go with me, they are. Hey, when about 300 people show up in the morning to oh, do a so workout cool. at 430, you talk about energy. Yeah. And how do you have a bad day after that? Yeah. I, you don't. I, it's funny. I'm telling you, you right know, now, you're not. made that 430 thing, like, you know, yeah. like the thing. But, well, this is not, this is easy for me to wake up early because I just do. Yeah. So that's just when I wake up. Yeah. So to me, I'm with you. Like, when you're done. You're done, all your workouts and everything, you're showered, ready to go at 6.15, and, you, and no one else is even awake yet. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's great. <laughs> so, yeah, come on out, hang out with us at the muster, interact with us. I mean, these, these next couple are going to be phenomenal. The first cool. four have been amazing. And yeah. everybody, I mean, the feedback that we get from people is like, you guys aren't charging enough. Yeah. And this was hands down the best <laughs> training that I've ever had, you know, and I know Grant Cardone and Tony Robbins and those guys produce a phenomenal events. And we've had guys that have gone to their events and paid 10,000, 15,000, 25,000. And they come to our muster and they're like, this training was, was much better than what they provide because it's different. I think it's more practical. Maybe? It's more practical. Yeah, yeah. And we are, we're giving, the, the lessons that we learned on the battlefield yeah. and how you can apply them personally and professionally yeah. and examples with the thousands of companies that we've worked with right, over right. the last couple of years. Right. It's all practical. Right. It's all hands-on practical stuff. So yeah. that's pretty awesome. Dude, awesome. Thank well, you for the again, time. No, thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it, brother. All right, dude.